Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. I have with me today Charles Nabholtz, who is being inducted into the 2020 class of the Arkansas Business Hall of Fame. And the Arkansas Business Hall of Fame recognizes Arkansans, whether by birth or by choice, who have been successful leaders. The Arkansas Business Hall of Fame is designed to honor, preserve, and perpetuate the names of outstanding accomplishments of business leaders who have brought lasting fame to Arkansas. And Charles certainly has done that. He's currently Chairman Emeritus of the Nabholtz Corporation. He has over 60 years of experience in this business. And uh, thank you for joining me today. Glad to be here. So, Charlie, you are the only inductee up to this point, and this has been going since 1999, who has a brother who's also been inducted several years ago. Yes, and I'm so proud. I was so proud the day that uh, my brother, he had passed away in 2000, um, and he was uh, uh, selected the following year. But uh, he's 12 years older than me. He's the founder of our company, and he's the one that gave me my first job. And uh, I was very honored to follow him several years later in that same honor of uh, being on the, on the Arkansas Construction Hall of Fame. And it is unusual, and I'm so proud that he set the pace for me. And somehow or another, I was able to follow in his path. And but I was able to watch him uh, as he uh, developed the company, and I was able to learn a lot. He was a great mentor to me, and so uh, I think about him every day because of the lessons that I've learned from him as a young man trying to learn the business and uh, learn the ways of uh, being a professional. It's amazing how many entrepreneurs have come out of Arkansas that have changed the world in many ways. And I know Nabholtz has been profitable, a very profitable company through thick and thin for many, many years. And that's hard to do. What do you attribute that to? Well, you're, you're exactly right. And, and we do have a record. And it was something my brother was proud of and, and all of us as partners we're proud of, even though some years of profit was very thin, but for, he started the business in 1949, and we've never had a year where we didn't make a profit. And that's very unusual in the construction business, but what I attribute it to is the, uh, Bob set the example, and uh, the other brothers who became business partners with him, we all agreed that we would not take a lot of money out of the company for dividends, uh, but we all agreed to take a minimum salary and reinvest the profits back into the company. And I think that reinvestment of those profits stabilized the company where we could uh, offset those lean years. Even though I said we'd never ma we never failed to make a profit, you know cash flow, it's all about cash flow and being in the construction business, it's all about making payroll and being uh, stable enough to pay your bills. And so quite often during those lean years when work was low, we were very, very thankful that we had left the profits in the company from former years. And I think, to me, I always remember that as being one of the stabilizing factors for our long-term success was being able to say that we didn't take all the money out of the company. Uh, we left it in the company 
for long term so we could be stable enough to survive during those lean years. Well, I noticed in your logo where it says Nabholtz, above it, there's a shield, it looks like to me, and a banner over the shield, and the banner says integrity. Is that one of your top values? Yes, it is, and uh, that was established uh, as a marketing tool, I guess you'd say. My brother Bob was a very humble person, and uh, we grew up on the farm, and beating your chest was something we didn't do. We'd, we'd, we didn't think that was appropriate, and, and so when it come time to decide whether or not we were going to uh, use that logo, uh, we talked about it. We talked about the fact that it sounds like we're doing something personal, bragging about ourselves. It's kind of a little bit out of our character, but my brother had established reputation and, and, and myself as well as we came along. And it seemed like every time we would talk about, somebody would talk about us, our clients would talk about it, and, and the word integrity came up quite a bit. And so uh, we felt like that uh, that would probably be something we should brag about. And we decided to put it on our logo and uh, put it on our hard hats and put it on our shirts and put it on everything that we, we had, our job site traders and so forth. And what it did, not only for projecting an image of our company, which our customers validated, but it also made our employees very proud to be associated with a company that believed in integrity and that had a reputation for integrity. It was a, really given to us by our customers. It's impressive. So something sort of coincidental, we just right now as a, the Walton Colleges, we are um, starting what's called the Business Integrity Leadership Initiative. And the former chief ethics officer of Walmart, Cindy Mooring, um, is coming on board with the Walton College to help us really instill business integrity concepts throughout our curriculum, practices, executive education. And, um, you know, it's such an important thing. If you look at our, if you look at our um, uh, values, excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, the way we define professionalism includes integrity. It, it, so it's, a, it's already a part of our values, but we really felt like we should emphasize it more. So when I saw your logo, I thought I would ask you about it, and uh, it is, it's one of those things that uh, integrity can cost sometimes in the short run, but in the long run, it always pays off. You're exactly right, and uh, my brother had a, uh, when he left the company and uh, retired, and uh, we were talking about the company was growing uh, outside Conway, and he was concerned about the reputation that the company had had for integrity, and and uh, it was personal to him as it as it is me, and it is not only my brother and myself and our other partners, but the entire management team and our board of directors. And he said that uh, he admonished the group and says, uh, you know, I, I started the company, and I, my brothers have joined me in the company, and. Uh, we have other shareholders in the company, and we built our company on integrity, and that's what we talk about. But he said, uh, uh, I just want to let uh, you know how I feel about it, that if, uh, I ever, if, the, if the company ever stops operating, he said, my name is on the door, Nabholtz. If the company ever stops uh, 
gets a reputation for operating with integrity, he says, I want my name taken off the door. And that's something I feel very strongly about. And uh, when we go and interview for a project and and the right opportunity comes along to talk about uh, that issue, uh, I say the same thing, that my name is on the door, but not only my name, but the names of everybody working for our company who share the same value. And uh, if our company ever stops operating with integrity, I think a lot of people would want the name taken off the door. And so that's a, that kind of rang with me for a long time and, and it really expressed my brother's feelings because his whole, no matter how many honors we would get uh, from the construction industry, we've set some, uh, we've, we've had some honors from all different areas within the construction industry, but those honors wouldn't mean a thing to us if our reputation for integrity was ever destroyed, and and I and I feel like everybody working for our company feels the same way, and it's a very important part of our corporate culture, along with other uh, cultures that we we feel that we're very strong in. But without integrity, none of the other cultures would really make much difference. You know, and I even think one other part of your culture that I've been told about that I could see stems from integrity to some degree is um, safety. And the construction industry, of course, is there can be dangers involved from a safety perspective. How did you build a culture of safety? Well, we've always been concerned uh, about the safety of our employees. And when the company was very young and uh, safety was not a big issue or there would be sometimes minor accidents and sometimes major accidents and uh, uh, there's insurance uh, concerns there's cost concern there's a lot of issues the safety of our employees was certainly a concern and and uh, we we needed to formalize the safety program because we realized uh, how important it was for uh, our workers to be come to work safe and go home safe and we were one of the first general contractors to hire a full-time safety director, much to the chagrin of a lot of our employees because they felt like it, it was a kind of a safety Nazi coming around and checking and see if everybody was following all the so-called rules. And it was it took a lot of buy-in to get the employees to come on board with a formal safety program where we did have certain rules. Like, for instance, uh, we didn't wear hard hats when our company first got started. The only time we wore a hard hat was when we were on a Corps of Engineer job. And the only reason we wore a hard hat then was because they required it. Those same employees would come back off of a Corps of Engineer job and complain about uh, if, if, if we decided that we wanted to start that process company-wide. Oh, well, we don't have to do that because we're not working on a government job. So there was personal issues about the comfort level of abiding by the safety rules that were beginning to come involved. And then uh, there were more national safety uh, laws passed, and we had to kind of follow uh, those in addition to our own that we formerly were, were, imp were implementing. And there were electrical issues on the job site. There were the quality of the electrical cords. There were scaffolding issues on the job site. And so we formalized a plan where we had job site safety talks in the morning at one time we had and still do to a certain degree we have stretching and exercises because a lot of your entries were due to 
not being prepared to do the job that that test that day uh, maybe some unusual lifting or some reaching and things like that and then wearing safety glasses you know nobody likes to wear safety glasses once you have an eye put out it kind of makes a believer out of you and so these little increments along the way helped us to uh, get the employees bought in on the safety program but but more importantly the idea that that when people work safely uh, the quality of work is better and the uh, customer gets a better job and our insurance rates uh, are less and uh, so it took about I'd say a 15 to 20 year program for us to really get a good buy-in from all the employees on the safety and it starts at the top and that's when we felt like that you know if we have implement a, a full-time safety director and whatever it takes to get a culture of safety uh, in our company was going to be important and I think we broke ground uh, early on in that and, and you know every contract that we know now has a safety program but it, it was a slow process. The construction business requires a lot of skill in the area of project management. How did that start? How did that evolve? And, and what do you see as the future? That's the key to our company being able to do as much work as we do as we develop uh, constructors. Uh, there are people that have uh, developed either by through education or through on-the-job training. They get the experience of not only uh, building the building and working as a craftsman, uh, but having some engineering experience, having some architectural experience, understanding all the, the disciplines that it takes to get a project built for our clients. The project manager is, is a key to, it's kind of like being an individual entrepreneur. You're working for a large company, you're working for a medium-sized company. If you're a project manager, you're expected to take that project and sometimes it starts with the client even acquiring the work and so the project manager has to understand what it takes to get a construction built has to understand the requirements that the architects and, and designers have have ex the expectation of the building and the owner's expectation and so the project manager is really like a uh, an in-house entrepreneur who takes the client and and handles the project from from the groundbreaking to the ribbon cutting that is so interesting. I've never heard of uh, project management being referred to as entrepreneurial, but I see it in hindsight. I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because entrepreneurs have to be very good at understanding what customers want. They have to be very good at turning problems into opportunities, and they have to be scrappy. So I see, I see your point. That's a really interesting insight. If you could give advice to students in the Walton College. It's a big business school. You know, we've got over 6,500 students and they've got lots of opportunities. They, they make big decisions, you know, in terms of, you know, internships that they take, uh, the job they take after they graduate, those kinds of things. And the job market's very good. So they're getting, you know, good jobs and they get them fairly quickly. But is there any advice you would like to offer? I always envy people who know what they want to do when they're, if they're in college or whatever, whatever stage in life, particularly young people that know that they either want to be in the construction business, they want to be a doctor or lawyer or any other type of profession that, that they could be passionate about. 
and and passionate is is a key word. And I would I would say to all the people in the business college to find out first of all, do I really want to be in the construction business, or do I want to be an architect, or do I want to be a an engineer, and uh, and follow that passion. And even if you have to change jobs after uh, you realize it's not really what you want to do, but Look for the job you can have that where you can see an opportunity to grow, but find that passion for that particular occupation or business that you want to get into. And I, I tell our people a lot of times when I have an opportunity to talk, I was excited about my job, even though I had no idea I wanted, if I could succeed at it. But I grew up on a farm, and my brother had started this business, and I, all I, I could think of from the 10th grade on was that I'm going to go to work for my brother when I get out. College was not on my radar, and uh, but I, I learned it, and I liked it, and I couldn't wait to go to work every day. And I realized as time went on, not everybody got up in the morning and excited about their job. And I, I just thought, well, something's wrong if you can't be excited about your work. Not every day is not going to be a wonderful day on the job. There's going to be bad weather. There's going to be times you don't feel good. But if you don't have that generally feeling that I'm excited about my job, then you really need to look for something else. So if my advice would be to try to learn that passion early on and follow that avenue, uh, whichever direction it takes you, it may, you may have a couple of forks in the road to take. But look for that passion, looking back at the end of the day and saying, I've accomplished something, and then be able to look to the future and think, well, what, what, can I, what else can I do? Our philosophy is that we want every, every employee to be proud of the company they work for. And uh, instead of saying, I work for Nabholds, they can say, this is my company. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Be Epic podcast from the Walton College. You can find us on Google, SoundCloud, iTunes, or look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can find current and past episodes by searching be Epic Podcast, one word, that's B-E-E-P-I-C Podcast, and now Be Epic.